another edition of Chalk Talk. I wrote all the numbers down here. Episode two, this is season two of Chalk Talk, week three of the college football season, week two of the NFL season. And no, I'm not going to tell you what my record was last week. All right, now, we'll use some transparency as we welcome in Ben Axelrod, my co-host here on Chalk Talk. Ben, it's great to see you. You are red hot after uh, week one of the NFL, week two of college football. You go five and one. Um, I think I go the inverse of that, one and five. But as you reminded me today on a text message, you said, Nick, don't worry about it. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a long season. Just got to find that consistency, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know, when you pick games throughout the whole season, you're going to have good weeks, you're going to have bad weeks, and you just hope by the end of it, you end up on the winning side. So I had a good week. I had actually a, a killer week. Uh, went 5-0 and in one of my pick'em pools. Went five and one here, did great in DraftKings. Um, but that usually means a not so great week is around the corner or uh, th that I'm going to get brought back to reality soon. You've got a little bit of a slump to get out of uh, here with that one and five start. But like I said, marathon, not a sprint. And uh, we'll, we'll try to do that here with our, uh, our episode two picks. Yeah, so what Ben and I will do is, if you're just joining us for the first time, and again, this is the second year of the show, but we'll pick three college games against the spread. We'll pick three NFL games against the spread, each of us, and all of it for entertainment purposes only. Both of us last season, uh, when you combine college and NFL, we both came off of winning seasons. And so when you said that to me, marathon, not a sprint, I thought about last year because I think there were weeks where I went 0-6. But at the end of the year, you and me both had winning records. So I, you're right. I mean, it's, it's about the big picture in all this. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've got to stay level-headed, and uh, you've, you've got to roll with the punches when those punches come. So uh, that, that's exactly where you are. I'm, I'm riding high right now, uh, but I'm going to try to stay humble about it. Ben, what stuck out to you the most in week one? I, one you know, from, a, from a sports handicapping standpoint, the one thing I, I totally throw out the window now is home field advantage. I mean, it's just it's, – it's almost, it's almost non-existent. It's just – it's crazy. And the, 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 game, the two games I could point to – the two games I lost, the Falcons losing at home against the Seahawks game wasn't even close. And then the, the Carolina Panthers, who I'm not going to say if there was a crowd there, they win that game. But, you know, it's, they lose 34 to 30 to the Vegas Raiders. I was sitting there saying to myself, man, if there was just some sort of atmosphere in that place, I just feel like no home field is, is true. That really stuck out to me. Yeah, you know, I at least in terms of the NFL, I always try not to think too hard about home and away because I think sometimes that – overinflates the lines or, or brings them down closer to what they should be. Um, and I actually thought, you know, NFL, just in terms of watching it with the piped in crowd noise, I thought it was a relatively normal experience. College, on the other hand, it, it felt very strange. Um, it, it felt like, you know, watching a JV football game um, where there's, um, you know, nobody in the stands or not enough fans in the stands where you can hear, you know, the ball clank off the goalposts and then, just in terms of being a fan and, and watching this stuff, this does not feel like college football yet, just because you don't have that full schedule. College football, you know, is a sport where it's you get so much at once. You get this this onslaught of noon games through all the way through the 10 p.m. West Coast games. Here we had like basically one game in each time slot. Um, and some most of those games probably weren't even even watch uh worth watching after halftime. So college football, I'm, I'm ready to just get a, a, a full slate. NFL, I thought was a pretty normal viewing experience from, from you know, all, all perspectives. College, th this still feels like preseason football right now. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's very well put. The NFL, almost from kickoff to the end of the game, 
for relatively normal. You know, I think the TV crews on, on, on CBS and Fox and NBC, they're trying to use those tight shots, you know, so you're not really looking at the crowd all that much. But you're right, college, I mean, there's so, you, know, you think about even the places where there's some fans that have been, you know, brought in and admitted they're allowed to be there. Um, just not much of an atmosphere, and I feel like that's what really makes college football. So that that really truly stuck out to me. Um, NFL, uh, we we looked at you know some of the teams that I think we all thought would be good. The Chiefs, uh, there was uh, one of your, one of your picks, right? The Chiefs, yeah, uh, fantastic. Um, I, I met, the one game I hit was the the New Orleans Saints, yeah, and I, a lot of people that felt like you know Brady and the Buccaneers, they're kind of a, a trendy pick, and 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 they'll be, I think they'll be pretty good, but. Um, I, I, there were just so those were two of the things that stuck out to me. I feel like you know two of the better teams in the NFL, the Saints and the uh, and the Chiefs. They really you know, they really stuck out to me as as two teams that were pretty impressive. You know, spinning this forward to to week two of the NFL season, this is really you know a, a critical week in terms of gambling and, and betting on point spreads and, and things of that nature because you get so much of an overreaction from what happens in week one. So. That's something, you know, when when looking at these games and deciding what three games I'm going to pick, that's something I always tried to, to keep in my mind. And um, we'll, we'll talk about some of them when we get to our picks. But what which line is indicative of an overreaction? Who's yeah. looking at something we saw week one and totally overreacting and it's swinging a point spread? Um, you know, I, I think this is where people, um, you know, who, who follow this stuff really closely, I, I, I think this is where they make a lot of their money is – reacting or, or not reacting, but, but rather taking into account um, uh, the overreactions to, to the week one. Week two of the uh, NFL, week three of the college football season, we'll call it also uh, overreaction week. <laughs> That'll be the, Absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's get right to it. Uh, three college picks from me, then you'll follow it up with your three picks, and then we'll go right back to you for the NFL. And then I will, uh, I'll, I'll give my three NFL picks for the week. Again, Ben goes five and one to start off. I'm one in five right now on the season, so uh, hopefully we can get things turned around. Ben, I, had, I did a lot of extended homework this week because I was <laughs> so embarrassed uh, from about what happened last week. So we're going to start in college. Uh, I'm going to go with the Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, they are getting three and a half at home against Appalachian State. Uh, both teams, in my opinion, are very good teams, but I think they're pretty even. And this game is uh, in uh, is at is Marshall. Uh, it's in it's in West Virginia. Um just a couple numbers for you. The Thundering Herd, a record of 118 and 19 at home. That's an 866 winning percentage, and they're getting points. That's the best winning percentage in college football. College football for a home team. Second only. Uh, second team is uh, Alabama. Bryant Denny. They have an 825 winning percentage. So Marshall at home. Uh, they're getting three and a half. Uh, I don't even think they'll need the points. I think they win the game. I think they beat App State. Uh, in that game. And I think the, the line that, that I saw was three and a half. Is that what we're going to go with, Ben? On, yeah, on we're, we're going to give you three and a half here. So the Thundering Herd getting three and a half. Again, they're looking to improve. They're looking to improve to 119 and 19 at home. 119 and 19 at home. That's like Ohio State-esque. That's Alabama. They, they just play very well at home. I think Doc Holliday will have that team ready to go. So Marshall getting three and a half is my first play. Is yeah, that you know? One, one thing about this and, and one thing I talked about with the NFL games last week was just in terms of this weird offseason with the coronavirus and everything, paying attention to continuity. Um, and, you know, I, I had the Rams plus three against the Cowboys. That wound up being a good pick. And I think Sean McVay had a lot to do with that. We saw what Jim Harbaugh did to the Browns, obviously. Um, I think that that you can apply that to college here. And Doc Holliday 
been at Marshall since 2010 now. A lot of consistency without the, within that program. Uh, success has been a little uneven here and there year to year. But, yeah, you, you get the three and a half points here with, with Doc Holliday, who's been at that program now for, for 11 years. Um, it, it's hard to fault the, the rationale behind this pick. Uh, Doc Holliday, by the way, once bowl season comes around, uh, Marshall, 12 and four, 12 and four in, uh, in bowl games. Uh, all right. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to go into the Ben Axelrod well here from week one because you were scalding hot. I think this team is going to remain hot. I don't know if they'll win this game, uh, but I think they have the ability to keep it close. Let's go with the Georgia Tech uh, Yellow Jackets in this one. Uh, they are getting seven and a half on the road. Uh, they are at UCF. Uh, Jeff Sims, I was very uh, impressed with him. Now, they fell behind to Florida State 10 nothing in that game. They come back and beat the Seminoles on the road 16-13. Uh, um, and I, I, I was I was impressed with that team, and, and you hit it when you when you picked that game. We were, we were talking about how it was a second year coach, kind of getting guys into his own system, finally getting his recruits in there. Um, again, I don't know if Georgia Tech will beat UCF, but man, they just beat Florida State. I feel like you got the same type of athletes uh, on, on that Seminoles team uh, that, that they're going to face up against UCF. A little more experience maybe with UCF, but uh, I do think they have the ability to, to play that game close. Um, but perhaps this is an overreaction to uh, to that nice win against uh, Florida State. Well, well, I'll tell you what. This is I'm right there with you. This is actually one of my picks this week as well. Um, not going to make for interesting podcast. Not going to make for interesting debate because I'm right there with you. I'm I'm sticking with the the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech, um, largely because I I felt very good about that pick last week against Florida State. It kind of played out exactly how I thought it would. Uh, which a lot of that actually had more to do with Florida State than it did to do had to do uh, with Georgia Tech. But um, I just think the way Georgia Tech plays, the way that they're coached, it lends them to playing in close games. And so when I get a touchdown in, in a half here, a seven-and-a-half-point spread, uh, even against a, a talented Central Florida team, I just think Georgia Tech is the type of team that has the ability to, to stay within one score. Um, but yeah, that was one of my my causes for concern. One of the reasons I, I kind of paused about this pick was if you're looking in terms of an overreaction a week ago, this feels like that might be the spot coming off of, of that you know perceived big win against the Florida State team that, that's probably bigger in name right now than they actually are in, in terms of program success. The only thing I thought about too was in this game is, okay, if you're looking at it, you know, I thought I thought the line might be four, maybe six, but you know, all of a sudden you're getting not only a touchdown, you're getting that half point, you're getting seven and a half. I just feel like that is something they could they can keep that there. But we'll see. You know, we we know UCF has been pretty talented. Uh, you you look at teams like Cincinnati, Memphis, UCF. Those are teams that right now, because of everything that's going on in college football, they feel like they got an outside chance to to try and make it to the college football playoff. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and last pick, and uh, I have a feeling, and you and I did not talk about this, I have a feeling this will be a disagreement between us because, <laughs> of, uh, because I know where you're at right now. Uh, I'm going to go with Louisville. They are at home, minus two and a half against the Hurricanes of Miami. Are people thinking, well, what do you have against Miami? Nick, you've gone against them two weeks in a row. Well, they burned me last week against UAB. Uh, De'Ara King, I was going to say as good as advertised, Ben, but I actually think he can play better uh, than he should on Thursday night against the Blazers. Uh, but Louisville's coming off a 35-21 to 21 win against Western Kentucky. They're one of the better teams in Conference USA, uh, and they bring back their entire defense. So I feel like De'Ara King and Miami go from a, a, a UAB defense that they probably should have carved up even more than they did 
uh, to a team that really has some experience, some speed on both sides of the ball. Um, so Louisville's a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, I think they at least find a way to, to win it by a field goal. And it feels like, from everything I'm seeing on TV, this is kind of that big primetime game of the week in college football. So should be, a, I was going to say, a good atmosphere, but it should just be a lot of attention uh, on this matchup between Louisville and Miami. Yeah, if, if you can't see me at home right now, if you're listening in the car, listening on uh, podcast, on Spotify, on, on Apple, uh, I'm throwing up the U right now. I'm throwing up my Miami Hurricanes U. Uh, this is also one of my picks, but I'm rolling with the Canes plus two and a half. Um, and look, this is largely, I, I actually worry about this as a potential letdown spot for Miami uh, coming off a long break after playing last Thursday. Uh, national TV, I think they were the only college game last Thursday night. Uh, De'Eric King riding high. Uh, yeah, I, I think he can play better too. Um, but this is, you know, I mentioned watching college football last week didn't feel like college football. That was largely just because of the schedule um, as much as it had to do with the lack of atmosphere. This at least feels like, you know, kind of that prime time Saturday night game that everybody can look forward to. We get to see De'Eric King, who with Justin Fields still sidelined at Ohio State, I think is probably the, the second or third best quarterback in all of college football behind Trevor Lawrence going up against a good-ranked Louisville team, uh, better defense than they probably get credit for. Um, I'm just – this is kind of one of those games where I want to have some some skin in the game. I want to have some action on it. I want to be invested uh, beyond my allegiances to the U. So um, I'm going to take Miami plus two and a half, but I don't feel as good about the Hurricanes this week uh, as I did last week um, uh, when, when I picked them with my first pick of the, the college football season. Ben, I can, I can deal with you tossing up the U. I was going to have a big problem if all of a sudden you busted out a turnover chain that they uh, that they coined. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If they uh, if they come through for me here, Miami plus two and a half, maybe next week I'll have a little bling to show off. <laughs> all right. So Ben's I think I've seen them on Etsy. <laughs> we have a disagreement there. Ben's going with the Hurricanes. Okay, uh, next two picks. <laughs> uh, next two. So I've already given you two of my college football picks. I've given you – uh, Miami plus two and a half, and I've got Georgia Tech uh, oh, plus seven and a half. My other pick, uh, going with another underdog here, I've got South Florida plus 26 at Notre Dame. Um, the one game I did lose last week uh, in college, and, and the only game I lost all weekend was I had Clemson covering a big spread against Wake Forest. And, um, you know, that was kind of one of my takeaways from that that first weekend of really paying attention to college football was – these giant spreads, I just think they're going to be tougher to cover than they are. I, I think a lot of teams are still, even the more talented teams, are still getting on the same page. Um, I just think 26 is a huge number for Notre Dame to cover. I think South Florida, um, they haven't had a lot of continuity in their program uh, between Willie Taggart and, and Charlie Strong and um, the new coaching staff in there now. But um, I do think they do have talent. They recruit a strong from a strong recruiting base. Uh, their head coach now comes from Clemson. So a guy who knows a little, uh, a thing or two about winning was there for two national titles. So I just think this is a spot where maybe you get a backdoor cover with such a large spread against the fighting Irish. Yeah, it seems, it seems very high. Uh, it was a game I thought about taking also, um, I watched Notre Dame last week and you know, they've got Ian book. They've got the big tight ends. They've got a nice defense. They run the ball. Well, um, but you could tell like, against Duke, they were, they were probably just given a little bit too many. And I think that's the case here, too. I, I think Duke is a little bit better than USF, but um, I still feel like this is a, a game that, that they can find a way to, uh, to keep close. This is the only non-ACC game 
uh, that Duke, uh, excuse me, that Nor that uh, Notre Dame is going to play. Uh, so I feel like they they could have the, the tendency to to let off the uh, let off the gas a little bit in this one. So uh, I'm with you. We know we know the Bulls will be uh, will be fired up to to be able to make the trip to South Bend. So yeah, um, no doubt I, about it. Where you're at on that one. Yeah. All right, so we're going to roll with the NFL now. Yeah, let's get to my NFL picks here. Okay. Um, so like I said, I tried to pay attention to these lines in terms of what's an overreaction to week one in one of those games. Um, really, most of these games stood out to me as overreactions. But to me, one line that stood out was the Dolphins getting five and a half, welcoming the Buffalo Bills to Miami. Um, I thought that Dolphins game against the Patriots last week, that was a popular pick. I think Dolphins plus six uh, against the Patriots. The Patriots wound up covering. I, I thought that game said more about the Patriots their defense and moving on to Cam Newton than it did about against the Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is typically a boomer bust quarterback. He was more bust last week. You you hope he is a little more boom this week. Buffalo's defense banged up, missing two linebackers. Um, and then Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen had his first 300-yard game, um, and he's a little boomer bust himself. He's always good for a couple of turnovers, whether it's a fumble or an interception. So I just think, you know, Five and a half points, that, that's a little too much to be giving the Dolphins here. I thought the Dolphins actually made some improvements in the offseason. Um, and if Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't play well, maybe they make that switch to Tua. So uh, I'll take the Dolphins. I don't know if they win outright, but I like them covering the five and a half. But if you ever had a chance to talk to like some old school gamblers, or they always hate that number five, five and a half. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, that could be like, you could see the Dolphins winning that game. I mean, it's like that, that number, that five, five and a half, is just a, a weird number when it comes to uh, to betting on football. So uh, something smells here. Uh, and and I, I thought that, yeah, that this would be more like a, a three or a, you know, I mean, ha have, have the Buffalo Bills proven themselves enough to go on the road and give almost a touchdown? I just don't know. So um, all the points you bring up make sense. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, um, Bill Simmons calls it the Vegas zone. The, the Vegas, you know, those point spreads like between four and, you know, five and a half. That means they don't know what to do with it. So um, I'll, I'll take the points here and, and feel pretty good about it. Um, my next game, I, I thought this was an overreaction as well. The 49ers, I like the 49ers to cover minus seven at the New York Jets. Um, 49ers big letdown against the Arizona Cardinals. That was a weird game. There was some, I don't know if you were, you were paying attention to it. There was some concerns about the air quality and uh, the 49ers weren't able to play their running back Tevin Coleman as much because he has a health condition relating to that air quality. Um, and then the Arizona Cardinals, they might just be a good team. I mean, Tyler Murray in year two, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, they're kind of a, a buzzworthy team right now. So I think the 49ers are still a very good team. I think the Jets, meanwhile, you know, losing to the Bills in the fashion they did, I, that's, you know, kind of the, the Jets team that I was expecting this year. So I think that continues seven and Points is a lot to lay for, for any team coming out on the road. But I think that goes back to, you know, New York's one of those places where they're not going to have fans all season. Um, I'm, I'm not really paying attention to West coming East. I, I'm throwing home field out the door with this game, and I, I like the 49ers to cover touchdown spread here against the Jets. I, I commend you for this one. You did your homework on that one. I, I, I'm with you. Um, I think this is a complete overreaction. Um, I think if I think if if the uh, if the Niners beat Arizona and the Jets somehow keep it close with Buffalo, uh, this line is around you know, is is at you know uh, ten or you know ten or eleven or twelve or something. You know, I, I I'm with you. I think the Niners 
uh, take care of business in this matchup. The Jets are going to be bad all year. Yeah, I, I think so too. And then my last pick here, I got another, I've got a road dog uh, coming into Indianapolis. I like the Vikings plus three at the Colts. Uh, the Colts were not very impressive to say the least. Their opener losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars team who we all thought was tanking. I mean, in, in how many years have we come into a year thinking the Browns were tanking and they lay an egg, the, the Jaguars come in, they win their game in the first game that we all we all thought they were tanking. Uh, they still probably are tanking, yet they still beat that Colts team. I think Phillip Rivers might be done. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty jarring to see him out there in a, a uniform other than the, the Chargers uniform. But um, that Colts team, I think, has some holes. Um, I, I think they, um, you know, overall their talent level is good, but I worry about their quarterback play. And then the Vikings, I think, you know, they lost to the Packers last week. I thought that game said more about the Packers than it did the Vikings. Uh, the Packers looked like a, a force to be reckoned with in the NFC, and, and maybe the Vikings aren't on the Packers level, um, but I do think they're still a good team. I do think they're still going to compete for a playoff spot. Um, and I just, I, I'll take the three points here. And uh, I think this is a game that the Vikings can win outright. So if I can take them and still get the three points, uh, I, I have no issue doing that. All right, so you got the Vikings for your NFL pick, uh, and on top of that, you, you, you well, let's give your other, give your other, uh, your other. Yeah, tip. I've got the Dolphins plus five and a half versus the Bills. I've got the 49ers minus seven at the Jets, and I've got the Vikings plus three at the Colts. All right, Ben's uh, picks for week two of the NFL season against the number. Uh, all right, here I'll give uh, my three picks again. The only game I hit last week was in the NFL, so hopefully we have some some better luck. Uh, here uh, with these games. Uh, first game going to be Bears minus five and a half against the Giants. Uh, short week for the Giants. I think that they are way worse than they showed against the Steelers the other night. Um, I think the Steelers were a little bit rusty. I didn't think they were playing that well early on. Um, and that's why you saw the Giants leading. And then you saw the Giants you know, kind of tried to, you know, they, they kept it close for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I just felt like I just feel like this Giants team is not as, as good as they may have been perceived as. And, and to me, this is a, a, an overreaction. Bears came back on the road to beat the, the uh, Lions uh, in a very unlikely uh, comeback. Uh, I know sometimes we've chuckled at, at the local kid at Mr. Visky a little bit, but the defense is nasty. They run the football well. Um, and again, the Giants, after a short week, they got to go on the road. Uh, I think the Bears find a way to win this game by six or a touchdown. The last line I saw was Bears minus five and a half. So. Yeah, that's that's what we'll give you here. Um, I, I my concern would be Mitchell Trubisky. My concern would be uh, there's a little bit of turmoil right now. It looks like Allen Robinson, their star receiver, might want to trade. Um, but I'm with you on this Giants team. I I don't think very highly of it. Uh, somehow they have not figured out how to get Saquon Barkley going. We talk yeah. so much about the Browns not being able to get Odell Beckham Jr. going. I know he was injured last year, but Saquon Barkley. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had more rushing yards than than he did on Monday night. So, um, yeah, I mean, this Giants team, I just, you know, decent receivers, uh, great running back. I still don't know what to make of Daniel Jones. Um, and, and this could be a game, uh, to your point, just the continuity of having Matt Nagy in for another year uh, and the Giants coming in with a, a very inexperienced head coach. Um, yeah, I, 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 this is a stay away from me, but if, if, if I had to pick, I'd probably lean toward the Bears here. And the other thing, too, uh, that I noticed when I was watching the game uh, on Monday night was just their offensive line is terrible. I mean, Daniel Jones, number one, you can't get Saquon going because they have no offensive line. And then Daniel Jones, you don't know what this kid is because he's got no time to throw. And I know the Steelers right. have but so do the Bears. So, um, yeah, and Khalil Mack's not going to make those, those problems any easier for the Giants. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm with you. Uh, so that was the, my thought on the Bears. Uh, on this one, we're gonna we're gonna take a dog. Um, they're a home dog. They're getting anywhere from eight and a half to nine. So Ben, whatever you uh, whatever you say, we'll we'll go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Chargers at home uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. I won't watch this game because it would give me a heart attack having to watch you know go against Patrick Mahomes. It's, it seems like just a losing uh, it's just a losing proposition. I just feel like divisional game. There's some familiarity. Yes, I know the Chargers quarterback is Terod Taylor, but I feel like that was a pretty impressive win going on the road. I know that Joe Burrow's a rookie quarterback and the Bengals are, are kind of re regrouping and rebuilding, uh, but going on the road to Cincinnati, four o'clock game. Um, I, I always feel like playing in Cincy is, is, is not that easy. So uh, they found a way to, 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 to win that football game. Uh, Chargers getting nine at home. I know Ben already disagrees. I don't even have to ask him. Uh, I just feel like that's a lot in the NFL, especially in a divisional game. I don't think the Chargers win, uh, but I think that they find a way to keep it close. Yeah, I'm, I'm not with you on this one. My uh, my fear would be getting down 14-0 pretty quickly to this Chiefs team and then having to come back with Tyrod Taylor. Um, I've been through the Tyrod Taylor experience before, and uh, I, I do think the Chargers have good weapons. I like Keenan Allen. I like Mike yeah. Williams. I like Austin Eckler, but – um, and, you know, it's going to be interesting that this Chargers defense, to your point, is familiar with this Chiefs offense. Um, but Chiefs coming off a long break after that Thursday night game. I just, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Chargers did cover. I just would want no part of, of being invested in going against Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, for me, is in that stay away, uh, stay away, you yeah. know, zone where I, I would not want to go against him in any way. Yeah, I, I, I feel like. Looking at the game, I feel like they could win by six, win by seven. I thought nine seemed kind of high. Yeah. That was also. Uh, we'll go with the Chargers getting nine. Last game is the Sunday night game, uh, which you can watch on uh, on NBC. Uh, we're going to take the Seahawks minus four against the Patriots. Um, ben, I feel like if the Patriots wouldn't have beaten the Miami Dolphins uh, in week one, this line would have been around seven or eight. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like it's a little bit of an overreaction. I do like Cam Newton. I thought he was pretty pretty solid in that first game. Um, there were some people that felt like Bill Belichick and the Patriots might be in tank mode. Uh, they showed that that's not the case. They got a nice victory. Uh, but, man, the Seahawks were impressive. They, they put it on the Falcons in week one. Um, Russell Wilson is going to have an MVP caliber season. He's throwing some of the best deep balls uh, that are out there right now. And they run the football very well with Carson, and, and they, got, they got experience on their offensive and defensive line. So, uh, Patriots, I think this is a game they could hang around for a little while. Um, but I think in the end, I, I like the Seahawks at home, minus four points in prime time. Yeah, th this is definitely going to be an interesting follow-up for Cam Newton um, and in terms of overreactions. This could certainly be a candidate because, you know, I picked the Dolphins because I thought that might be an overreaction to, to them, but it could very well go the other way. And, and it could be an overreaction because actually uh, the, the the Patriots are a good team, but um, – or, or because the Dolphins aren't a good team. Yeah. So the Patriots just got away with one there. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Seahawks, it, it's kind of crazy with so much that happened in that week one that something that seemed to fly under the radar was how good Russell Wilson was. Um, you know, if you had to do an MVP power ranking right now, he's probably right there with Lamar Jackson just after week one. Uh, he was that impressive. A uh, heck of a receiving core. Uh, continuity, obviously, with, with Pete Carroll as their head coach. So uh, I don't have any skin in this game. I'm just looking forward to watching this one because I think it's going to be such a fun matchup. But, uh, yeah, th this is going to be a really good game, I think. All right, so recap on my picks. Bears minus 5.5, Chargers plus 9, and the Seahawks minus 4.
Ben, that's going to do it for uh, episode yep. two of Chalk Talk. Special thanks to uh, Brian Crane, uh, who helps us out so much uh, with these every week. And uh, we'll see you next week. Good luck this week uh, in, uh, in college and the NFL. Thanks, Ben. Thank you.